Hey, thanks for listening to Starter Set Season 2. Before we jump in, I just want to highlight our YouTube channel. We have a whole bunch of stuff going out on YouTube for the upcoming Lorcana release that you can check out. Uh, go ahead and grab the link to that in the description of this episode. And then, uh, well, with the intro done, I'm going to hand things over to me and uh, and to Ian and to Gibby for the main episode here, uh, talking about fights in tight spaces. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the starter set season two. I think this is episode what four five four. five. No, we did three mm. of Warp Forge and one. Yeah, yeah. so this would oh, be five. 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 Yeah, this would right. be episode. Yeah, totally. three of We <laughs> picked number three. <laughs> we know. We know where we are uh, for sure. Uh, I'm Mark. I am here with my camera uh disconnecting uh and i am also here with my two faithful co-hosts uh both gibby and uh and we also have ian uh it's good to be here with you guys tonight and i've got a question for you and uh i think it's gonna be a, a great one what is your favorite gaming accessory what's your favorite gaming accessory okay so my favorite gaming accessory i'm going to consider some of the inf- in-person physical like D stuff that we do as gaming is I'm, I'm absolutely considering that within the realm of gaming and i think one of the it's it's a very simple thing but one of my favorite accessories that i've picked up is i have a dice tray now actually because i have it uh below me that i can show you so for our because we're on youtube we have that um i've got this nice dice tray this is the cover of it uh but it has an outer ring that I can put all of my like a good amount of dice in. And then on the inside of it, it's got this the kind of that felt material for rolling. So it's got everything in one spot. And this has been a game changer for me in being able to keep all of my dice or at least a portion of them um, handy and like ready to go. Um, I can also use the inside top of that lid for for rolling my dice uh, i i was really tempted to pick dice in general but i also like don't own expensive dice it's like i don't have i own, i think i own one met set of metal dice in which i was gifted i don't own any like gemstone dice or anything like that so i feel like i can't use that as my favorite accessory because mm. it would be a cop out if dice I don't trays own, are nice though like, like a good yeah, dice it's a tray. simple it's a simple like accessory but one that is so like applicable and functional and like like needed so yeah. I'm going to go with that. My nice dice tray, bro. I have a hard time with this. I'm like thinking through the various gaming accessories that I've purchased. I have like a pretty nice neoprene. I don't know, like probably four foot by six foot mat that I can put down on a table that I really love. I have, I just bought like this dope carrying case for my star Wars Legion miniatures. It's this plastic clay case with a clear plastic front door that um, slides metal trays into it and then you super glue magnets to the bottom of your minis and they all stick to the metal trays and they don't move and then you just slide the trays into this case and it stores all your stuff that's painted completely safe and has a handle on top of it so you literally just grab this thing close the door um, snap shut throw it in the back of your car and you don't have to worry about your minis, big or small, moving anywhere because they're all magnetized to trays. They're not going to snag on one another. You don't have to like stuff them all in endless layers of foam like you do a lot of other sort of like miniature carrying cases. 
um, that's like a huge pain in the rear end. I think that's probably my favorite like recent purchase for gaming accessories. But like I'm at the point of life right now with two kids that so frequently I just buy accessories because I have two big of a shelf of shame and now a steam library of shame where like there's so many games in my steam library that i haven't gotten to there's so many board games that have not seen the table or certainly haven't seen the table frequently enough that i'm like i can't it's hard to justify spending more money on cards and that i can't play with anybody with and games that i can't get to the table so I'm going to buy this super cool nude backpack that carries my board games. And it's like, that's where I'm at. I'm like at expansion blinging. I literally bought like all of the miniatures for Frostpunk, the board game, uh, like a couple of days ago. And which is a phenomenal game, by the way. And the miniatures are completely unnecessary. It's just like a little miniature for every building that you can build in Frostpunk. And it just replaces cardboard, like, like little rectangles that you would normally they're actually easier to understand because they have the rules for the building on them. So like the miniatures don't, I have to memorize them now, but I just wanted it. That's, that's where I am in my gaming journey, like blinging out accessorizing. So I just have like a ton of stuff. And if, if I really, if you really had to pick though, if you have a 3d printer, your 3d printer is your best tabletop gaming accessory because there's so much that you can do with it. It's pretty versatile. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense for you. Yeah. Ian, uh, all my partners have been down for months. I haven't worked on them, but Ian, uh, how about you, man? What's your favorite gaming accessory? Yeah. So I, uh, I initially, uh, I came up with this question. Uh, I'll tell the audience, uh, partly because I have uncovered, uh, a passion for a certain gaming, uh, accessory, one that I feel I've had for a long time, but only recently have truly come to fully embrace, um, in, in this last year as well as now I'm my 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 highest highest dream for this show would be for us to be sponsored by Dragon Shield oh because like good sleeves good quality fresh out of the pack re-sleeved uh. and having played so much more Pokemon and Lorcana recently um, you know, early on when I was first getting back into the card games and I was like, Ooh, do I want to, you know, do I, do I want to use some old sleeves? Oh my gosh. They shuffle beautifully. They're so slick. Oh, mm, ah, it just feels so good in my hands, you know? And, and the thing is, is that like, I tried to use some old sleeves. Like I de-sleeved some old, like, uh, you know, L5R cards or versus system cards that of decks that I didn't care for and didn't feel sentimental value towards. Right. Uh, but quickly it became clear you know, they're just, they're old. They're not, they're a little stiff on the shuffle. And I'm like, and as soon as I crack that first new pack dragon shields, Mm. it's like almost as big of addiction, uh, as, as actually the cards, because I'm like, they shuffle so good. They feel so good in the hands. Like, Oh, mm, ah, chef's kiss. Uh, so make a difference, man. So, you know, my, my pie in the sky dream for the channel uh, both uh, either the YouTube or the starter set or just our community in general is to work our way up to being sponsored by Dragon Shield. Uh, so calling the shot there. But, but, so that was my initial thing. And then Gibby talked about something that had sentimental value. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I came up with this question with an answer already in mind, but I didn't think about the sentimental angle. 
and I had to bust out a little bit of a brag here. I had to bust out my 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 like playmat. I knew oh. it. I knew that it was going to come down to a playmat for you. <laughs> that was what I anticipated you going with was playmat. Yep. Because I've always known you to be a big playmat connoisseur and I'm, have I'm a, a lot of pride. Guy. Have a have a lot of pride in, in the playmats that you use underneath of the games. I have a lot of pride in the playmats that I've won. Because that and that's not so much a thing anymore. I found this out with although actually the new Lorcana tournament series, they've added a playmat that can be won uh, by okay. players, uh, which is cool. But but like Pokemon doesn't do this so much, uh, from what I can tell. Uh Compared to back in the day, versus system, Legend of the Five Rings, you'd have to top an event to get an official playmat. This was before the you know big takeoff of Etsy, right? So you either had to buy a generic, not as cool looking one, or you had to earn it. So um, just for the audio listeners who, who didn't get a chance to see that playmat over YouTube, describe the playmat for us real quick and yeah, why, so, why it's important to you, and then we'll we'll jump into Fight Site Spaces. So I don't know. Do you know this story, uh, Mark? Have I told you this one? I probably told you the story of the event, but I don't know if I told you about the playmat. I, I probably have heard the story, but I have not actually seen the playmat before. The uh, well, time. it's it was from the uh, last big versus system tournament that was run on the East Coast about a year after the game had been canceled. Um, and the community was still big and organizing events and trying to, you know, uh, petition for the game to not be canceled and all that stuff that never, ever ends up working, as we know. Right. Um, but this was the, the last one kind of on the East Coast. So we had the the uh, D.C. Mega Weekend and it happened literally like two weeks into my first semester of college. And so I'm. In my uh, first sort of few classes, doing the syllabus week and everything, and my first two or three weeks of classes, totally not at all focused uh, on <laughs> on class, but focused on trying out for the ultimate frisbee team while religiously deck testing for this big event <laughs> that I know that my uh, that I have uh, my that my dad was going to come up and. Uh, and join in uh, for because he played this game uh, and a, and another uh, friend of mine as well. And uh, so anyways, 2012. Um, the year of the Spider-Man play, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's pride um, and joy. Uh, so so anyways. Um, yeah, you know, I, I have a lot of pride in it, especially because it has Spider-Man on it. Uh, because I played Spider-Man to that event and it was not like a it was a good deck, but not like the meta ist deck. And uh, the the guy that I beat in the finals in Swiss rounds had sassed me about Spider-Man had been like, oh, you're playing Spider-Man, bro. Like, that's no good. And then, and then uh, and then I beat him in the finals. And so my uh, so the, the thing with this is that they didn't have an official playmat, so they had to hire designers and uh, my dad, who at the time was significantly more skilled in graphic design than I, um, designed it uh, and pulled oh, a bunch dope. of stuff. And uh, and so we decided together, everyone in the top four got one of these. And we decided it had to be Spider-Man with a sassy quip to rub it in the face of the second place guy. <laughs> so anyways, that's the story. Uh, oh, I, story. I'm extremely I'm extremely proud of it. I should probably soon will probably need to retire it and get it framed but I'm still playing on it. 
uh, uh for a dope. while longer yeah that's dope oh that's a great story great story around a, a cool cool accessory um mm-hmm. well with all the accessories that we can't use uh, other than computer monitors and gaming mice uh we've been playing fights in tight spaces uh over the last couple of weeks and we're talking about that here on the show given a review on what has quickly become for at least some of us i think maybe all of us um, one of our one of the games that we've really enjoyed quite a bit in comparison to a lot of the other games that we've played, uh, card games that we've played since we started the starter set in uh, in 2023. And so we want to continue that conversation today. We want to take an honest look at some of the difficulty settings of the game. Uh, we also want to take an honest look at maybe some of the stuff that uh, we don't love if there's anything that we're like not super hot on. Um, and then we're also going to talk about our favorite like starter deck uh, along with some gameplay features. So we got a, an action back show for us today. And I want to hand things over to Gibby. Gibby, why don't you tell us a little about your week in fights and tight spaces? Uh, and also just kind of like what are the difficulty settings that you tried out? And uh, did you see any success? Like, have you had any success uh, with it? Yeah. So my uh, overall, my uh, gameplay with fights in tight spaces was, I'll say moderate, right? Like I I definitely played through, I got through my first uh, full run and I was like, okay, I, I, I didn't win my first full run, but I was like, I think I'm beyond this. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to keep going. Like I want to keep like working my way towards like higher, um, like towards higher difficulty. So I went and like jumped a difficulty or two. Uh, and I went to, I went from suave to classic, like out the gate. Um, so instead of it being kind of like the relaxed playthrough that as they're describing it and then the standard difficulty with rollbacks, I went to the original difficulty settings, which, uh, so I I felt like that was kind of more of the true experience that I expected from a difficulty perspective anyway in a roguelike deck builder where you don't get the chances to redo things. Like I'm not, I don't take my, my progress in a game like this. So serious where seriously where like, if I make a mistake, I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. Like I should have made a different play. And if you lose the run, you lose the run and you start over. Like, and it's just fine. And you, and you have fun with it. Um, but I, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit to to get to there um, and see what I could like, see how I could do upon kind of raising the difficulty to that classic level. I did go through and start playing more of the uh, of the starter decks. And I, I did and I, I guess I'll save that conversation for what my favorite starter deck was into um, later on in the conversation. But. Uh, I, I I really kind of tried all of them, all of the ones at least that you have the ability to to play. And so you have to unlock some of them throughout the course yeah, of the game too, right? Right. So I I eventually got to being able to play most of them, and I do have a favorite. Um, I I find I didn't here. Here's probably my biggest takeaway, and and I might be different than some things that you guys uh, liked or didn't like. I actually didn't like ever playing defense in this game. Like, oh, okay. Using the defensive, like, or or the counter moves and things like that. Counter moves are okay, but like straight up just blocking. It was only at a necessity for me. 
to ever play a card that was blocking. I was like, I want to go aggro and I want to jump in someone's face and zoom around the map and knock people out of the ring. I think knocking somebody out of the, the map is my favorite thing. So um, I, I really enjoyed upping the difficulty and seeing like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to use the medic. That's okay. But uh, upping the difficulty, trying all the different starter decks and like kind of just exploring the game. I, I got a chance to do that this week and I was really enjoying doing that. That's awesome, man. Uh, for me, I, I played a lot more of this game uh, over the last. Oh, did you did you get through everything in a run, Gibby? I guess that's the next question. Was there a did you get through everything on like a suave run or anything? Did you, you know, get through the secret? I got agent I band? got through it all in a classic run, actually. Oh, you finished it on a classic run. Did I miss I that did. in your in your what you just said? As I was, I didn't say it, and I should. Oh, okay. I, I, no, I I just I just missed saying that. No, I failed the suave run, and then I went to classic because I was like, I think I can handle more than what I'm currently doing, and I only failed the suave run because I like I didn't want to go do the whole rewind thing. Okay. I was like, I feel like a, I feel like that's a cop out uh, for me, and it was a, a dumb mistake where I backed myself into a corner and I couldn't get out. So. Uh, I, I I ended up with the kind of taking my L on the suave run and it was like my second or third run in a classic one. And I got, I got through it. Nice. Nice. So I, uh, I played a good bit this past week. We were away this weekend at the cabin with my family and I took the steam deck with me and played. I will say this, this game plays amazing. It plays fantastic on steam deck. I think I actually prefer it on steam deck than I do on PC. So if you have a deck, it's really good on there. That being said, it's very easy with a handheld device like a Switch or a Steam Deck to be in a distractible location, like a place where you're easily distracted. And me with kids, you know, when we were at the cabin this weekend, there was six children with us. And so uh, it was like, you know, kids are jumping or screaming or talking. And like this game, very similar to Wild Frost, is not a game that you can kind of just play super casually like i feel like you can kind of get away with that in games like slay the spire you know that's kind of like my travel game like i'll play that or, or was but I, I would like play that on my phone because i didn't need internet when i was on the plane or you know in the airport or something um and then now like uh, like i don't know this game is it but it is hard to play this game distracted because there's a lot of like little things that you have to notice so i i played suave i have a couple of wins on suave i think i have one on classic plus i don't think i actually have a win on classic yet um i i really have not had a ton of success with it i was like really close to one um and then i sidestepped somebody and i got hit by someone who could knock you back a space and i was on like the edge of a building but because i didn't have the ability to like undo my most recent move um, I mean, I was in a really good place. It was like the end of the round. The guys had a couple of health left. Could have easily, you know, taken a hit and then eliminated them probably the next turn or two. Um, but I made the mistake of stepping out from being directly attacked by one person. And it was like I just got knocked clean off the map by the next one and lost automatically. And that did not feel good. It was like that was the point where it's like, man, I kind of wish especially if I'm in an area where I'm easily distracted and I haven't taken the time to like read what each person is doing um, before I make my moves. Like once I clicked that card and I moved over, I was done. Like I had just lost the run. 
and I wasn't able to reset, go back to it. Um, if you're wondering what does what, real quickly, Suave gives you five rollbacks around and resets are on. Uh, Classic Plus is three rollbacks and resets are on. Classic is no restarts, no rollbacks. In Special Agent, um, the enemies move first, but then you get a no restarts, but you do get a rollback. Um, the purest, no rollbacks, no restarts. And then the hardest one, of course, uh, brutal, no rollbacks, no restarts. And so kind of as you go up, it becomes more and more of a difficult roguelike. And it's hard in and of itself. Like it's easy to make mistakes in this game. There's a ton of thought that goes into it. Um, so I've played mostly on Suave just because I've been in situations where it's like sitting on my couch with the kids next to me, or, you know, I'm like, late at night i'm kind of groggy and i you know i'm doing it mobile uh, i don't think i've actually in the last two weeks sat down on my computer and just played rounds of this game um, that being said i'm not saying anything negative about it it's just a game that requires focus and intentionality it's not one that is like you know you're not just throwing out three or four attacks in a block and passing turn uh like you are in a lot of other roguelikes even like monster train and stuff that we played was kind of that way like yeah it took a little bit more thought but you could play that one a little bit more passively I would even say that you could play Wild Frost more passively than you can play this game. Like you had to be intentional with Wild Frost. I think there's more decision points in this one than there was in Wild Frost even. Um, DBN, how about you? What have you been playing? Have you seen any success in fights in tight spaces? Uh, what difficulties you've been trying out? Yeah, so I actually have not beaten a run yet, uh, mostly because I have only really done three runs so far. Um, they're not short. They're not short, and I definitely take my time on them. Um, so I did a, a suave run, and like Gibby, uh, so I actually got all the way to the final boss, uh, and then uh, <laughs> kind of like you were describing, I was playing late at night, only kind of half paying attention, uh, and realized that my uh, entire strategy of pushing people around didn't work on like all of the enemies in the final boss fight for whatever reason, or the ones that I had left. And then I'm like, there's like two heavies in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like two heavies and then the main boss and, or whatever. And I'm like, well, I, so I end up losing and then I'm like, I could restart, probably figure out a way to do it, but it will take forever to try to win by not doing the thing my deck is meant to be doing. Right. Uh, and I'm like, and I just know I'm like, this is going to take a long time. And I'm like, eh, I want to see what else the game has to offer. So then I, you know, ended the run uh, and started playing on classic. Uh, when I played on classic, I quickly checked out um, the um, I guess it's the the defensive uh, starter deck. Uh, tried that one out, uh, played a little bit, didn't care for it. I actually stopped the run and went back. And I was like, I don't know if I like this play style, um, mostly because to me and uh, it it just was like not. I don't know, not cool, I, I guess, uh, like I love the cool abilities and movement of the game. I think this game is at its best when you as an agent are dodging, bobbing, weaving, pushing, backing up like that's really cool. So uh, I started playing it and I quickly realized eh, this isn't really my cup of tea doing the whole like blocking and countering and stuff like that. Like it's not as visually stimulating. So I said, ah, let me back out. And that's when, because I have the DLC that I unlocked, um, 
the guns gun, one. The guns one. Um, the gunplay one. And can I just say, I've been loving that. Um, so I just lost my third playthrough in classic where I made it almost all the way back to the end was crushing everything. I mean, like I, I just jived, like I just had this sick loop of like the way that that one works is that you have to switch between stances. You have, you, you start in like a melee fighting stance. And if you want to use your gun cards, you have to use one of the cards that switches, that pulls your gun out, that draws your gun. And you can also get other cards to do like a quick draw with a quick blast. But when you use the draw your gun card, it's cost zero and it immediately draws the next gun action you would have in your deck. So you're guaranteed to at least get one shot off of something that's in your deck. And so you sort of thin out those gun draw cards. And then the back half of your deck is the non gun draw cards, but you also have a holster card. So one thing you can do in the holster card is when you put the gun away, uh, you can't use the gun cards anymore, but you draw two more cards. So you do that. You can have these really sick turns where you're like, draw the gun, blast, blast, holster, draw two cards, focus, get another momentum back, redraw, blast, blast. Um, it's just really cool. Um, and it's also one that like spacing again feels so important because you're trying to open up lines where like you might have one shot, which does more damage the further away you are. You also might have a, a gut shot where you, you know, you jam the gun up in someone's belly and fire. It does a ton of damage, but you have to be right next to them. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of positional uh, components there that make it really interesting. Uh, I loved it. Unfortunately, that's awesome. I hit an event right at the end and it was like 50 50 chance. You either get like an upgrade uh, or uh, a uh whatever the penalty card or penalty uh, effect or whatever is sure injury. I think that's right. And I was like, Oh, I haven't gotten an injury. They can't be that bad. Like I had that up to that point. I'd never gotten an injury card. And oh, I, me thinking about like the cards and slay the spire, you right. The, sure, the like just take two damage at the end. Of oh, this okay. Round, take two damage at the end of the round, yeah. whatever. And I had this sick upgrade or enhancement where you fully heal yourself at the end of every fight, but you take three per turn. And I had oh. built this character so that I went to the medical tent or whatever uh, every time, every chance I could and bought max health. I didn't yeah, need okay. to heal anymore. I just stacked max health up to like a ridiculous number. Right. And I he full healed every round or every um, at the every end of every fight. round. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like this a little curse will be fine, except that the the injury increased, uh, doubled or increased the momentum uh, cost of all of my attacks. Yep. And oh I'm like, gosh, I can't play the game now. Injury. You got yeah. the concussion injury. That yeah. I, and so my entire my entire run was was ruined. I literally could not. I couldn't weave attacks together. I basically got to attack once per turn and then had to move. And and I looked at the the chart that was so far ahead of me and I was like I'm not going to get to a um medical uh, place, a yeah. medical tent for so long. There's no way I'm making it there. And so I tried to fight out one uh uh round uh I guess it's against the mobsters or whatever whatever's right before the 
Yeah, uh, final boss. Yeah. And uh, and I'm just like, well, I can't. I mean, who knew the injuries were this devastatingly awful? Lesson learned. If there's an injury on the line, do not take the risk because yeah. your entire run will just get flushed down the drain. Uh, oh, so, so that was really frustrating. But but I had so much fun on that run. And I you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, I, I like I can look at that and be like, I think I probably would have won that run. My deck was just so good. <laughs> mm. So, Gibby, hey, lesson learned. Gibby, what starter deck have you been enjoying or, you know, which one have you liked the most? I know you said you kind of went. Uh, you know, ham. You want a little, little fighty, which I'm sure means that you went with the aggressive starting deck. Absolutely, uh, is I what guess. I did. Ham, egg, and cheese—the full breakfast combo. We went aggressive on here. The aggressive style. There's not a whole lot of blocking in there. Um, whole lot of attacks, and it is just like your whole goal is to just absolutely obliterate anybody that you can there's a lot of high damage attacks in there and uh the only kind of thing about the aggressive deck is that it requires you to maintain your combo uh in order to get off several of the more efficient cards in the deck i think if i had to highlight just a couple my favorite card overall in that deck uh is the steel self card at the very far right of your screen uh, Steel Self uh, doubles the uh, damage of the next attack that you do, and it is the perfect setup card for if you're if you're maintaining your combo and you get used to uh, kind of keeping track of your momentum and kind of manipulating your opponents into a position where you can get off some of these high attacks, whether it's a, a hook kick or a left kick or something where you need uh, a wall behind you. And you're like, okay, I got him right where I want him. Steel self, high damage hit that requires me to have like a decent amount of combo. And you're just one shotting people out of the way. So I that was my favorite card. Um, and I, I I also just liked a lot of the other kick cards in this deck. The the front kick, hook kick, left spin kick, whatever it was, because it involved some side of push, some sort of push effect along with it. Or usually that was like your methodology for uh for movement without really losing kind of your momentum or losing your combos, I should say, is you'd be able to like run up two spaces and kick somebody. So I I liked the combination of movement built into attacks and just the high damage volatility of it. And I would prioritize using a medical tent on pretty much every chance I got because you're most likely going to take some hits. Um, and if you don't, then go get a, go get an upgrade. Great. But if you do take a hit and you need a medical tent, then you prioritize that every single time, just knowing that you're not going to be able to play defense. But it was so much fun. I loved the aggressive deck. That's awesome. Uh, the aggressive deck is one that I haven't played yet, um, but I have played a ton of Slasher, um, which is a deck that is making use of the bleed effect a lot. Um, you have a ton of cards that bleed. And so like, let's say somebody has five bleed, uh, beginning of the round at the end of the round they'll take five damage and then drop down to four bleed and next round they'll take four so it kind of lets you get dots on a whole bunch of people and then evade and move around and sort of like you're never really getting hit you're just always like smacking them with a knife and then slashing <laughs> them with a sword or i guess there's no sword it's a knife or your hands or whatever 
Um, and you're just making people bleed the whole time. And it has a really cool card in it called Three Punch Combo, um, which just hits three times, but it gives you three combo, which is really nice for stacking combo. It's just one momentum stacks three combo. The other deck that I played, have you, have you guys unlocked this one, the Grappler? Have you unlocked this this deck yet? I think yet? I just unlocked it. Okay. Yeah, I think but I, haven't I, think tried I it have yet. it, but I haven't played it yet. Okay, so this deck took me a little while to unlock, but my goodness, I have really enjoyed this deck. So there's a couple of ways to sort of like disable your opponents in the game, and that is through stunning and then through throws. And this one has some really fun cards like suplex that just lets you grab someone who's on one side of you and throw them on the ground behind you. Um, it has tackle, which allows you to just grab somebody and move both of you a square forward and whip them onto the ground. Shoulder throw, which allows you to just swap places with them, throw them on the ground. Uh, there's one that's roll throw. You literally hit them, knock them onto the ground in their space and roll past them into the space beyond them. Oh, and I, so got, I got that one in, in a run halfway through and that thing ruled. It's fun. And so there's Great like all of this stuff where like, man, you almost always every turn have the ability to disable somebody. Um, now, I will say this. You can't just stay hardcore on this because heavies can't be thrown, pushed or moved. And so like if you get to the end of the game, you still need a way to remove the heavies. Now, the last boss is interesting because he swaps his attributes. And so there's certain rounds when he's dodging, there's certain rounds when he's heavy, and there's certain rounds when he's not either of those things. And you have to choose your throws really strategically. It also has a little card in here called Counter Throw, which allows you to basically prep, and if you get hit, you get some armor. And if you get hit, you throw somebody. And I found that one um, to be able to throw people that are even heavy sometimes. And I'm not exactly sure why, if it's like a bug and it's not supposed to happen or what. Um... But it's been really fun. I really have enjoyed this deck. I just like the ability to like, just like the whole time, I'm just picking you up and whipping you onto the ground or swapping spots with you or grappling you and throwing you in the, in the like in the line of fire of a, a gunshot. I think grapple might be one of my favorite cards in the game. Just allows you to grab someone from one location, toss them to the left or right of you, you know, adjacent to you still and points them opposite of you so now if they were attacking you they're now attacking away from you so they're not going to attack you and you can throw them in the line of fire of another attacker uh, or a gunshot and i think that that card is actually not oh yeah grapple it is in this deck that that card is really good it doesn't give you any combo but it's super super useful um, and so for me my favorite deck has been grappler now i've had one run where i just absolutely trashed it like i felt like i steamrolled through it with the exception of a couple of points in which there was a heavy that i really had to figure out a way around and in that uh early in the game they give you a card called jumping twist kick which does 12 damage but 24 to heavy enemies so it, it hits way harder against heavies but there's there's definitely a time like in the biker gang region when you haven't been able to add enough cards in your deck to be mm. able to deal with heavies effectively that you're kind of just moving until this card gets back in your hand you just move 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 three yeah. rounds okay uh you know i got jumping twist kick again punch kick him he has 60 health well we're gonna be doing this three times uh and there's definitely a point like it, earlier in the run where that's gonna happen but you just as long as you're cognizant of the fact that you have to add cards that aren't just you know 
keeping you with a singular strategy, which I think is where the combo cards in this game come in so handy. And that was something that I learned a lot this week was the importance of diversifying your deck as you go with combo cards so that you can build up that combo. You can get those free attacks. I talked about this a little bit on last episode, I think, but it was re-emphasized as I've been making runs this week. Like when you can getting that like left hook kick that moves someone and does 12 damage, that right kick that moves someone to the right. And man, it's been so awesome. And like, I'm getting punched from two different directions and I left hook kick one dude in the face, right hook kick the other dude in the face still have three momentum and I just pick up a dude and toss him on the ground. And it was like, I was surrounded and dying and now you're all disabled and punching each other. And, uh, that was definitely a satisfying, like it, th- those particular cards are really satisfying. So I personally have really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I think that both the slasher deck and the grappler deck, are a lot of fun. I'm really excited for the trickster deck. I haven't unlocked it yet. Uh, I don't know if either of you have, I don't know what level I need to be to unlock it, but I really want to lock that one. I'll unlock that one because it seems seems really interesting. I think it'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, DBN, any gameplay features that you found that you liked and any anything throughout this week that you found that like really didn't land well with you? Um, you know, barring the uh barring the injury card being so truly devastating and run ending. Uh, being extremely frustrating, but hey, lesson well learned. And I tend to not hold that against games because, you know, now I know. Um, I don't really think I've run into anything particularly frustrating. I've, I, I, I'll, I'll go out there. I'll sort of expose myself a little bit here, which is that compared to, I would say, most of the games we've reviewed for starter set so far. I have played this game more than I would say this is this is I'll say this. This is probably a top three most played of all the games we reviewed in terms of like Mm -hmm. I am seeing my switch. When I've got downtime between things and I'm walking over, picking it up, turning it on and sitting on my couch playing fights in tight spaces. Um, And I feel like at this point, that's basically maybe the highest praise to come from me which is like there have been games that i have liked intellectually but not had the drive to play um and so i'm trying to think i'm i'm really stretching my brain here trying to think of something i didn't like and i and i really just i think maybe if i had only a single if i had to levy a criticism it would be that there's really no story and i think that's Mm -hmm. okay Like, I think about this as like, this would be what if you played a cooler, more interesting, uh, more complicated single player Dominion. Okay. That's what this is, right? I mean, like, let's be honest. It's a it's it's uh, it's D&D grid meets Dominion with super hot graphics. Right. That's what this game is. And so if I were to think about this in the context of like, would I, would I expect dominion to have a story? No, no. And this costs less than dominion. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so even though this game is more expensive than some of the digital card games that we have reviewed in the past, um, I think that like the product you're getting for that price 
is pretty good. And when my only complaint is we should have had a little more, a little more story. I then have to remind myself this game is not a story driven game. This is not um, inscription. This is meant to be played as a gameplay loop. Um, and they and they made a really good gameplay loop. Like and they made that. a fantastic gameplay loop. Yeah, they did. So I mean, you know, I I've I've started to take these single player games, and I'm setting inscription aside for this, but of the Wild Frost and Slay the Spires and Monster Trains, I've started to take these games, and instead of holding them against like, you know, traditional story driven video games, I've started holding them against board games. Mm. Um. And that has sort of changed my perspective of on the things that I might or might not complain about. Um, and as far as gameplay features that I like, um, you know, I've gotten a lot better at learning the symbols, learning to look at what a character is going to do ahead of time. I think that early on, I definitely underutilized the camera spin. And now that the camera spin exists, I use it constantly. Uh, I also have enjoyed occasionally, not frequently, but occasionally clicking the replay button and seeing a particularly cool fight that I had playback, not at cinematic level speed though. I mean, boy, wouldn't that be cool if it had like cinematic level speed for the fights? It's not quite like that, but it's a fast, quick replay of every move taken in the game. And there are some that like, just look epic when you, when you, and you'll know, you'll know, like when you finish a fight, you're like, yo, I did some sick stuff there. I bobbed and weaved and pulled out my gun and shot a dude three times in the face and then turned around and kicked somebody. I want to see the replay of that. And that's been super fun. Uh, and just that's a feature nobody would have missed if they didn't include it. Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's n- something that like nobody would have been asking for. But no one would it. have asked for that. The other thing that I'm excited for, but haven't tried yet is a, is the drafting. Have you tried the drafting? I've for not. a new starter deck. I've been like a little hesitant to try it, but I'm excited to, I'll report back next week because uh, I think that that's really cool. Uh, and, and again, so like there are features in this game that I still haven't explored yet, despite spending, I don't know, uh, what, probably close to 20 hours on it. Maybe not quite, but like getting close. Right. And, uh, dang, they, they packed a lot in a little package. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I want to go to Gibby here in a moment, but you're hundred percent right. Like there is a lot. There's a lot to enjoy about this game. Um, and you're right. There isn't a story, but it's it's like they didn't want it. It's like they knew that, right? They're like, we're not creating a story game. We're just creating a really good game. We're creating game. a context. Yeah, yeah. And, and pretext, it, has a, really. it has a theme. The theme comes through. It's not that yes. the theme doesn't come through. There isn't a story there. You're right. Um, Gibby, how about you? What are some of the gameplay features and things that you've really enjoyed is there anything throughout this next week that you found to be frustrating or difficult for me the gameplay footage that uh gameplay features i should say that i've really found um enjoyable in this is i I, you already cut got one of them ian which is i really like the the cutscenes and the ability for you to kind of Mm -hmm. modify them in the settings as well i think that is a really cool feature um if you haven't gotten a chance to go around and just play around in the settings it, it almost feels because the game is so simplistic in a way 
like that is the options are actually relatively impactful. Like even like something that's so kind of like black and white, like this game is dark mode is awesome. And I know that sounds so dumb and basic to say but dark mode is so cool uh, when you're when you're going through that. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints for this game. I think uh, kind of something we've already touched on is probably the biggest strength that we mentioned from our first episode with it being so like, I don't want to say simplistic because it's not a simplistic game, but it were, it's like eliminated a lot of like white noise out of like the complexity of all the distractions from the actual gameplay. Now that we're in it, we've played a good amount of the game and we're a dozen hours, if not more into the game. It That's almost kind of now transitioned to like a desire of like, this game is so simplistic and cool and streamlined i now wish because i understand the game and i've had a good amount of time to spend in this like streamlined version i wish there was a a way to expand my experience to now start adding more flavor to it so that way it felt like it kept grabbing it would continue to grab my attention and not that i'm losing interest but i just have aspirations for this game to be the full package that i want and we're it's 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 the same boon we are our same bane we've talked about before right is we've seen so many roguelike deck builders at this point that we're like i know what other games have done and maybe the only fault of this game is that it came out too soon like had the game had maybe more context of some other roguelike deck builders and what they've what others have done Maybe they would have had inspiration to maybe add a couple more features to it. Or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would have kept the game streamlined. And I don't think there would have been any fault to that, too. But, uh, yeah, there are there are more enhancements or more customizables like that I would have loved to have seen in the game. I'm not upset that they're not there because the game itself is so really great. But even just simple stuff would have been really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would have loved to have seen a little bit more overall, but I'm happy exactly where it is. Um, for me, uh, it's interesting you say that because I think there's a certain amount of the simplicity in the game that I really like, um, that like, there's, there's like very little fluff, like there's very little, um, stuff that's in the way it's like you get into it and it's quick. Um, at the same time, I didn't know that dark mode existed, and now I do, and I just turned it on, and oh my goodness, uh, I need to look through options more often. Yeah, because... isn't dark mode dope? Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's I'm gonna real need to good. Find that. Why is dark mode so good? It's great. It's, it's, really, it's really good. Yeah, and it's actually like, you know, if you, out. honestly, this, this just feels like the most stereotypical gamer thing is to geek out over a dark mode on something we're all just nocturnal creatures of the night they can't stand for a game or a Flip screen the color to be bright on me literally just it's just so funny but i like it a lot <laughs> i like it so a lot good so How to win yeah. over your gamer audience make a dark mode make a <laughs> dark it. mode but that's honestly, all it takes <laughs> but i'm but like there's a certain extent in which this is a game that if i was sitting up at night at my pc i would boot this up and just play it and dark mode actually makes a difference for that like mm, yeah because because uh, i want to play a game that's kind of like easy on my eyes it's dim like when it's like you know 11 30 or midnight like that's the game i want to play a game like that and so actually love that um for me 
I, I don't think there's any gameplay stuff that I'm missing in this game. I will agree with DBN that I wish there was more story to it. Specifically, I just wish that the dialogue between me and the agent advanced a little bit um, or changed between one play to the next. Just some variance. The fact that I choose the biker gang and every time I get basically the same line. Um, I think that's yeah. one of the really interesting things about like, cause I'm at the same time I'm playing Hades right now. I was just about was to Steam. invoke Hades. I was yeah. literally Hades like, was coming out of my mouth. And like, there's like little things in Hades where the gameplay loop is actually the same every it's time. Exactly the same. Yeah. But you come back and it's like, oh, I'm talking to my dad and he's mad about this this time. Or I'm talking to Achilles and he is addressing this. And so there's like this little stories that are really just voice lines and dialogues and location that the characters are standing. That They're not really doing anything new. They're just in the same place or they're not in that place. But I'm connecting with them. Like recently, like the the musician, the bard has started singing Mm -hmm. because I had had enough connections with the other bard that's in one of the layers of hell. And like it would be cool if there were little things like that in this game, but I don't know that you would call it theoretically story. I mean, there's a story of Hades. You are the son of Hades and you're trying to escape hell. But it it sort of advances as you go, as you get closer and closer to the surface. And I do kind of wish there was a little bit of that in this game. If I had a complaint, and this is a very basic complaint because I think the game is excellent, that would be the only one that I kind of wish I had a little question about like, what kind of secret agent am I? And like, mm-hmm. oh, am I uncovering some new secret agent, that m- different person, villain who might be at the end? What was his motives? Why did he betray us? Like, who is my guy? Like, I think all of that stuff could have been added to this game and you could have like such a unique, cool, simple, like super villain and like a uh, turn cloak storyline that could be part of this. It would be really fun to watch it play out and it could be nothing more than literally voice lines. It didn't even need to be voice lines, just text boxes in this yeah. game. Or or even like one of the things like with Hades, like it as it's as simple as like if you they could do like a more humorous thing of like why does this gameplay loop exist? Right? Well it's because you get back to the hub and they'd be like, well, I know you just got back from this thing, but wouldn't you know it? That biker gang is acting up again. You know, better gets the life of an agent. Ne- you know, yeah. crime never sleeps. Like, right? There's a new like, biker gang in Detroit now. You know, yeah, or, there's a new biker know. game. Funnily enough, they're using the exact same tattoo patterns. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just so you could have had fun with it. You could be serious and have a, tell cheek, a story. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways you could handle it. Again, that feels like the only to me the only thing missing but yeah and i i would agree with that i think the gameplay is addictive as heck i think the aesthetics are really well done for the game that it is basic but slick they're clean i think the interface is clean i think the game is well worth the money that you would pay for it and we'll give our final thoughts next week um but if i had one little thing i think i would agree with ebn that's the one thing that i'm missing is just some variance in texts and voice line and story um, I, I was actively disappointed when I finished my first run and came into my second run. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen this time. And I clicked the biker gang and I had the same exact line. And I was like, oh. Oh, OK, this is it. Like, this is all yeah. that it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and but I was again, like, was again, we don't we don't hold Dominion to those standards. Sure. Dominion has no story. Sure. Like I think- if we you know what I mean? 
I think playing it alongside of Hades has emphasized that for me because I literally sure. was swapping like every time at the cabin this week and I'd sit down one time with the deck and I would play Hades. I'd sit down the next time with the deck and I'd play fights in tight spaces. And so like they're both roguelikes, right? And so I'm I'm super hooked on those right now. Like that's all that I'm playing is roguelikes. I'm not playing anything else. And uh, and so like I have that comparison. Rogue, obviously, Hades is a bigger budget. Obviously, Hades is a really popular game. It's going to be way more popular than what this game is going to be. However, like, yeah, it's a small thing, but it could have been a cool thing even without any voice lines. So not to not to belabor the point, but this reminds me of there's a board game called Revolver. It's pretty fun, uh, and I recommend it to people who can find it at a good cheap price. I don't know if it's still being printed right now. I I don't know. I got gifted the one copy I have. Um, but it comes in a little 10. It's got this crazy looking dude with two revolvers in his hand. He's an outlaw, but the basically the game lays out the premise of a non it's a one V one, but it's a non, um, what do you call it? Where you, the, the two sides aren't the same. Um, uh, non symmetrical, asymmetrical, uh, or asynchronous, whatever, um, thing. But basically the, as you play the game, it tells the story. Hmm. But, you know, no. And that's the coolest thing about it. The gameplay is really fun, too. But like you're playing the story out of the sheriff and, and his posse and then the outlaw band as they're duking it out and running into each other in the streets. as They're trying to escape on the train. Right. And you're moving from scene to scene through this story that you play out through the cards. Uh, you like, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm I'm still wish it was more. Part of being in the digital medium is that you can do more compared to a board game. But no one would ever look at Revolver and say, wow, Revolver did this really cool thing of the story. How come the story wasn't different the second time I played it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not the same. I'm not trying to bail out, uh, you know, fights in tight spaces from criticism. But I am. That's where my brain has been shifting recently on these. Uh, roguelike deck builders specifically like the single player ones that are focused on the gameplay like fights in tight spaces is compared to something like you know inscription which is really it's the the deck builder is a vehicle for a narrative no this is trying really hard to be a a a, bo- a complex intense uh card game that you could put in your pocket and play over and over again I'll just say this. If they put out a $10 DLC for this game that said, here's a new deck and a story mode that you can play through a story, I would, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Like that so would be cool. The DLC has a second like thing where it seems like there's a second story that plays out. I don't know how complex that is. Okay. So um, I haven't touched it yet. That might be worth checking out ahead I'm of next week. But uh, I I don't know, but I but I I hear you and I agree with you. I mean, but anyways, I think that that's like a uh, it's minor in the grand minor. Yeah, minor. minor. It's funny because with other games, you would be like stories. Oh, the story's non-existent. And that game would be like, well, then it must be terrible. And like for this game, it's like the story's non-existent, but it rules. Okay, yeah, but it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. Agree. Well, I think that's going to about wrap up our conversation around fights and tight spaces next week. When we come back, we're going to give our final thoughts. And we're also going to give our thoughts on a more recent announcement from Riot uh, about uh, the future of Legends of Runeterra, a game that we used to podcast about quite a bit when our show was called Legends Cast. If anybody remembers those days, sir. <laughs> no, long gone. Oh, long gone. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week, too. We thought about doing a full episode on it, but I think we're just going to spend a portion of next episode talking about that because if you're if you've listened to the first two episodes of fight in tight spaces i don't think it's hard at all to figure out what our final thoughts and thumbs up or thumbs down is going to be for the game next week so we'll if you see. feel like we'll see feel like it's a foregone conclusion already nah, and you're we'll like hold I'm, out hmm. well i'm just saying if there's people out there thinking they're going to skip the next episode there's a little there's a little uh carrot on the end of the stick to come listen to some not... drama we got the yeah, dr- we're gonna drama. we're gonna bring the drama up again and everybody who uh gave those uh bad star reviews about me being negative about runeterra they'll be out of the woodworks <laughs> we'll hear them. i'll never let that go <laughs> i'm gonna live into that forever um but that's gonna do it for this episode want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening um of course as always check out our stuff on patreon and youtube and uh join us on discord we'd love to see you there um as always thanks for tuning in we appreciate you guys thanks for listening and we'll see you guys for next episode Hey guys, thanks for listening in and tuning into this episode. We appreciate all of you uh, who support what we're doing here at Starter Set. Uh, wait, just want to let you know, we'd love to see you in the community. We'd, we'd love to see you come and plug in with us over on Discord. There's a link to that in the description of this episode. So grab that link, come over and hang out with us on Discord. Say hello, join into the conversation. You can even record some stuff and about card games and send it to us. If you're playing the games that we're playing, we'll include that in one of our episodes. So uh, come on over and join us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, guys, we'll see you next episode. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is evidently me saying hey, 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 hey. the That's new like, post-show intro. I've done yeah. it like six times. For the you, four each, times that we've each done time this. you've done, done it, it's been hey, 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 hey. Welcome back, uh, CBN and I. Just right, it's just the two of us. Gibby has a sick kid, and yeah. so he needed to go. Which is understandable. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's understandable. And we and we just wrapped up me. fights in tight spaces, so we we had him for the important part, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know? The the I mean, the fun part he's abandoned us on, but right. the important hey, part he was here for. What a he, he's a trooper. He's a trooper. You know, I I feel like with um with fights in tight spaces, I feel like I'm on my my positivity redemption tour. You know what I mean? It's like a reverse villain arc. You know. Like it's You're hot my, on it right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this game. Well, it's an impressive game. I mean, it is, it is really legitimately good. an impressive game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, I'm never going to sugarcoat my takes on things. Like, and I've, I've never done that ever in the history of this podcast to sugarcoat my takes on things. So I, I just want to like here in the post show, I mean, 
I will have uh I will be excited to tell people next week my final thoughts after another it does it wear on me do I get bored of it mm-hmm. and if I do decide to keep it or whatever why but I mean dude I, I I'm thinking about and I you know I liked Wild Frost right Oh yeah yeah I didn't pick up Wild Frost this much even when we were reviewing it Man I'm I'm picking this game up to play a lot. I was streaming Wild Frost, so I I feel like I played Wild Frost, but I but I am I don't. It's really hard because like Hades is just a wildly addictive game. Yo, and Hades so, like, rules. It's so freaking good, and and I because I've been like I, I just like find myself instead of being on here's here's the honest truth. My yeah. I talked about this before the show. My good headphones broke, and right. all my headphones squeeze my freaking head right now. And so I don't want to play anything on my computer at night because I get a headache until I buy new headphones. And so, uh, like I've been playing on the Steam Deck, and I just want to play freaking Hades right now, like yeah. because it's I, I you know I'm sure Hades fell off for me eventually. I'm sure it'll fall off for me again. Um, but it, that's been have the you, only. Have thing you ever that's gotten kind of, to kind the of end? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, so I bought it. I got it on like Xbox Game Pass, and I, mm-hmm. I actually streamed it on PC and ran it with a controller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get like one or two clears back a year and a half, two years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's always kind of been on my Amazon wi- or my Steam wish list because I'm like, when it goes on sale, I think I'm going to pick it up. And it it went on sale last week for like seventeen dollars or something like that. And I was like, uh, it's time. Yeah, like it's it's just time. Like I have it on Switch. It's a, a it's a fantastic Switch game to have like in reserve um, for when you're traveling yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's like Switch right now is it. I've got that. I've got Hollow Knight. Uh, oh, Hollow Knight's such a good game. It's so good. I haven't beaten that. I haven't beaten oh, Hollow Knight. I, I've beaten I'm Hollow like, Knight. I, I it's eighties uh, two this year, by the way. Oh, I know. Yeah. Well, on Silk Song two. someday. Um, Silk Song supposed to be 2024. It's supposed to. We'll see. It's been radio yeah. silence, from what I understand. Um, I, I think Hades too has kind of been radio silence too. To be fair, yeah, maybe. But I mean, at least like this time last year, they announced it, right? Like, you know, we'll see. Anyways, I mean, I know that there's like been all sorts of things of the last few years, from you know, writer strikes to you know, oh yeah actors and all that sort of stuff so like there's plenty of reasons why games might get delayed i mean destiny's getting delayed uh the destiny expansion oh yeah well there's all <laughs> well and there's activision's a... laying people I, off and i feel like of there's stuff. a bunch yeah. of reasons <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole podcast a series on uh the muck-ups of destiny 2 and where the, probably, in the yeah. direction that that game is going probably uh yeah. to be honest but I actually just sent you a link. I don't I don't know if you've taken a look at this or not. But this is a database of all of the cards for the first set of Star Wars Unlimited. Ooh, pull it up on the screen share. Oh, yeah. I'll pull it up on the screen share. Now, I know that you had said that you were feeling a little less amped about this game. Oh, I got to pull up the correct capture again. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be up in a second. I know you said you were feeling like a little less amped about this game, but I'm curious now that all of the heroes are out, if you find one that you're like a little that you're excited about. And so like, mm. so they have Krennic who, and it's interesting because I thought the art was consistent, but as it turns out, it's not. And it's unfortunate that a couple of characters that are probably the coolest look the worst. Um, 
So director Krennic, uh, Aiden Versio, who's like head of Inferno Squad, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Chewbacca, which has probably the worst artwork in the game so far, in my oh, opinion. Oh, Chewie's artwork is awful. Awful. It's really, really bad. That's so real Chewbacca. bad, gang. Yeah. Uh, this guy, Emwe, uh, I think this is the oh, guy. Chirut Emwe. Yeah, Chirut Emwe. I think he's the guy for maybe like yeah, Rogue One. Yeah, he, he's from Rogue One, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, Luke Skywalker is one of the heroes. But yeah. Pretty good looking Luke. Uh, Emperor Palpatine, if you wanted to play. Palpatine's got Emperor. good. That, see, that's, that, that's pretty uh, good art. That's good artwork. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Tarkin is, looks mad. Tarkin? Yeah, he's, he, you know, it's a style. It's a style. Uh, Hera. Oh, Hera looks, looks good. Great. Looks really good. Okay, I, I like this. Great. Yeah. Uh, Hera looks great. Um, I think the Leia looks fine. I think the Leia. It's just looks too good. stylized. I don't know. I don't love that. It's, one. A, it's a little stylized, but it doesn't look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader, kind of in the same style as Leia. Generic. Like we've seen Vader look like that a million times. Yeah. 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 He's Vader with a red lightsaber. Um, oh, the gosh. Grand Inquisitor. Um, I skipped ahead a little bit, but keep, oh, we'll you keep going. We'll keep going. The Grand Inquisitor. Uh, IG 88. I love IG 88. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of IG 88. Uh, Cassie and Andor, that's pretty stylized as well. Fine. Pretty stylized. I actually but don't mind terrible. it for him. Like, I yeah. think that's okay. I like Cassian a lot. Um, uh, Sabine Wren. Sabine looks um, cool. Yeah, I saw an alt art for Sabine Wren too that looked really good with her helmet on. Um, Boba Fett, obviously not not great artwork, but love Boba. Um, Tar- Thrawn. Um, and actually, I think that's really good artwork. I like the Thrawn artwork. Yeah. Yeah. I think think Thrawn looks good. The worst of the batch, Han Solo. Holy Um, crap. This artwork is just an affront to nature. Why do they do this to Han and Chewie? That's my question. To nature. Yeah. It's bad. The Han Solo is bad. The Han Solo is real bad. Really, really bad. Uh, and then Jin, which actually Jin's probably the coolest. Uh, I think Jin might be my favorite artwork. Her and Hera. Hera's artwork. Favorite. Uh, slaps. It's yeah. it's real good. I I really, really like really Hera. Good. I also just like Hera as a character. Um, yeah, she's Star really Wars cool. Rebels is awesome. Um, yeah. love that show. So um, we're not yeah. gonna go through all of them, but they've they've released all of the cards now mm-hmm. that you can go and see. You know, you got the got the Obi Wan, the old Ben Kenobi card. You got uh, you know, a lot of you know, got the Shore Troopers in here, which is cool. Now this is not a as generic of a Vader. I mean, it is a Vader in red and he's, he's sort of on that artwork here, is but... real good. Yeah. Yeah. That artwork is kind of dope. I, I, I actually really like that one. I like the Luke Skywalker, uh, Jedi Knight unit. More than the hero card. Itself. More than the hero card. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are some, there are alt arts of like all of them. Um, and so oh, okay. all the heroes have sort of like an enchanted version. Hmm um like you would have in like an alt art full art enchanted version that are kind of like they go to the very end of the you know the whole box is covered in in the art whole card is and then um you you get like a there's like a hollow or a shiny version of it i actually don't know how to find those on this website to be entirely honest with you but they do have alt art versions they're just not super easy to find um oh shoot they have bindu they have a lot of sort of, they have a Bosk, which is the super one cool. one in the middle. They have AT-ATs, ATSTs, now, all kinds of stuff. Oh, and they've got Dooku. Oh, yeah. my favorite Sith. 
Yeah, you got yeah. Dooku's I'm a, in such this a big a Dooku card. fan. Yeah, Dooku's great. He's in here. I mean, they have they have a lot of like mm-hmm. they they really ran the gambit on sort of like everything from like more modern stuff with Inquisitors through Star Wars Le- Rebels and like a lot of really classic like this K2SO card is freaking awesome. It's like him catching a grenade out of midair like a thermal detonator. Um, yeah. Cool, freaking oh, cool you know, artwork on K2SO. Wait, K2SO. do they have um, uh, Cad Bane? Does Cad Bane have a... Ooh, I don't Cad Bane. Do. Oh, I love Cad Bane. I, it's crazy. Like I, as a kid, I grew up with Boba Fett, uh, you know, action figure, and I'm a big Boba fan. Don't get me wrong, but Cad Bane's my favorite bounty hunter. I, you know, if they don't oh, have him yet, they, they I would... don't. I just did a search. Okay, I would Dang. suspect that. I mean, he's such a loved character. I'm willing to bet that, like. He'll definitely be a hero in an expansion, Cat, right? Cad, like all of yeah. those bounty hunters will end up being a hero in an expansion. Cat, Cad Bane, uh, he leans into the Western aesthetic that I just love so much. <laughs> yeah, he really does. Kanan uh, Jarrus is in the in the game. Oh, I love so Kanan. Yeah, Kanan's cool. His artwork is okay. It's not so, like so. I have this. I have this very big um, fixation with Star Wars Rebels characters because I was I watched about. I watched most of Star Wars Rebels when I was deliriously sick. Like I was deliriously okay. sick, and it was like the only thing that was making me less miserable was watching this <laughs> Star Wars animation show that I'd never seen before. Uh, so, like, so it has <laughs> Rebels, a very special place, very in special heart, place in my heart uh, as an adult. Being like, wow. Listen, was Rebels made for kids? Yes. Do I care? No. I love it. <laughs> the General Akbar card. Mm-hmm. Go. I love yeah. that. Uh, I, I think oh, Rebels they've is got great. the they've got Wolf. The old clone. From Star Fox. No, no, no. I'm just messing with you. Old clone, bro. What color um, is he? He's red unit. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll take um, I, I gotta imagine they have Rex in here somewhere. Yeah, there's so many characters that are, you know, like in the universe. Oh, like, and Chopper's got a card. There's a Mace Windu that looks awful. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. Oh, yeah, Greedo. Look at Greedo. When defeated, when defeated, you may discard a card from your deck. If it's not a unit, deal two damage to a ground unit. That's fun. When he so when he oh, dies, you get something classic. So Rito. Boba Fett looks terrible, but the alt like the normal Boba Fett card, like the non-hero version yeah. of Boba Fett, is actually freaking dope. Like it looks really good. So you know, um, of a Jabba, it's like he's like an anime Jabba almost. It's a, it's a style. Listen, you know what? I think from a visual perspective, obviously we can look at some of the things and and go like, wow, the Chew- they don't know how to draw Chewbacca apparently, right or whatever. <laughs> um. But I do like some of the stylized artwork. You know what's bothering me most? I think is the frames. Mm, like yeah, the it's super pretty... cartoony numbers. They look like it looks like made for like the super bright, you know, uh, whatever red the number is, red and blue. Yeah, like well, feels yeah. like it's feels like it's made for kids, you know. And I just. I, I I don't know maybe and and listen here's the other thing like when you get your hands on a cards sometimes that change you know, sometimes that changes 
Like, yeah, that's I true. like to be fair. Let's be honest. Like, I've got Lorcana cards in my hands right now. When you first saw the Lorcana cards, you were not going, "Wow, this artwork's good. Wow, this is cool." Right? You know, I looked at Lorcana and I thought it was cool, but I wasn't like, I wasn't jazzed out of my mind about like the Disney theme as a whole. And then, but like hands-on cards in uh in Lexington. I loved them. Like I thought the yeah. cards themselves were really great. I mean, yeah. you know, we've got Jafar as a sorcerer wielding electric magic, right? You know, we've got uh, a illustrated, not a picture from the movie, but an illustrated version of the scene from Mulan with them all, you know, kicking in the air. And obviously this isn't high fidelity for the people that are what that are, well, watching or listening, uh, <laughs> but uh, but like the artwork in Lorcana really just feels like it meshes with the framing, right? The structure and the layout. And I look at and I see that they have this idea of kind of going retro, you know, with this art style combined with the framing like it's, you know, like it's from you know, whatever, 79 was when New Hope came out, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they're kind of kind of trying to lean into that, uh, you know, 80s aesthetic with the card framing and stuff. But I just don't know if it's working for me or not. And it's something I could get over. But like, I'll look at some of these cards, right? And I'll be like, wow, okay, that artwork, that artwork's pretty sick. Uh, and then I'll, I'll look at another card and be like, yeah, the artwork's fine. But on the but when I look at a card that has sick artwork, I feel like the frame is holding it back. And when I look at a card that's bad at artwork, I I think the frame is making it worse. <laughs> you yeah, know. The, the frames in Lorcana are like super basic. And I feel like the frames that they put in this game are definitely they're more they're complex. Yeah. They're definitely more complex. Like they have a ton of like they're not just like Lorcana's frames are literally just well. Lorcana's frames are designed to let the artwork be the primary focus of the card. Yeah, there's like a ton. There's like a ton of sort of like design and artwork that is unique to the faction in in Unlimited that is on each and every card. And yeah, I I can see how that could detract. I'm gonna kind of determine that whenever I actually get my hands on the game. Well, and hopefully we'll get an opportunity to uh, to kind of do a similar thing to Lexington at some point and all get yeah. together and play some games together and see what we think. I do so love like, that Dooku card, though. Mm. So for whatever reason, like this website, has I'm a, a sucker. I'm a sucker for the separatist army. <laughs> um, Hashtag the separatists were right. <laughs> so really quick, if, if, you're, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see like here is the original Leia card. And then the hero card, and then here is like the alt full art oh, version. Oh, the art allows the, the, art the full art. To bleed. That's pretty cool. Do yeah. we have another full art the... we can look at? Um, I was I was kind of looking. I didn't I didn't see one. Um, like this is the this is the. I mean, I'm sure that they're out there somewhere. I was kind mm-hmm. of like looking for them, and I didn't really. Uh, I know there's I mean, these like are super arts, rare. It says one different. in twelve boxes. Yeah, because Dang. you only ever need one, right? So as a hero, your hero starts on the board. Yeah, so but you only ever need one. They're gonna card. be so expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna be able to get. I think their point was you can get the you can get all the heroes easily because there's one in every pack. But if They're you want like to bling out. out, yeah. If yeah. you want to bling out your deck, you're gonna 
you're either going to buy a lot or you're going to have to, you know, trade oh, for yeah. it or like pay a lot for the the blinged out version. I'm not I'm not seeing a lot of other like well full yeah. art versions online anywhere yet, but it's it's uh it's pretty cool. I I am I'm not giving up on it. I just I'm being you know honest. I don't know if it's my my cup of tea. Well, yet, I feel but... like you're kind of like where I was with Lorcana, honestly um like leading into the week of Lorcana like I was not super jazzed about Lorcana yeah but it grew on me a lot when we played it and if I had a group to play with I would be playing Lorcana oh yeah um, and and, and I think that at the end of the day you know this about me if the game's good I, there's a lot I'll forgive um and it's Star Wars so I can't even hate on it that much because I just love the franchise and the property so yeah yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm I I'm really interested in it. It comes out here in a couple of weeks, so on March sixth, I think. So I gotta try to convince my wife that despite spending a bunch of money on other board games, that it's smart for me to spend a couple hundred dollars on Star Wars Unlimited. That it's a we uh maybe we, I need to sell my Pokemon cards. Well, you know, um, there's probably you probably have some singles you could sell some of the full arts and stuff. I have some um, decent, yeah. Get that TCG player account revved up, or buddy. Sell, uh, maybe I need to sell my Lorcana collection. Anything that I have in Lorcana. I mean, you know, if you're trying to, to Star Wars, if you're trying to send that Elsa Spirit of Winter my way, you know. Uh, oh, you need that one. I do. I only own one. Um, okay. But anyways, uh, we, uh, you know, we've got a lot of new sets coming out. The new uh, Into the Inklands comes out this Friday. Yeah. Then you have Star Wars dropping. And yep. then halfway through March, uh, the next Pokemon set drops and rotation <laughs> happens. And dang, it's going to be it's going to be going to cool. shake up that game a lot. I'll tell you this. As far as selling your Pokemon cards, I mean, you know, good luck. Um, it, it, I feel like it's gonna, that's like a tough thing. It's like, oh, do you sell the singles? Only the good ones. Do you still have a bunch of random cards. You just go and try to sell bulk to people for not a whole lot of money. I, I don't know what the answer is. I will say if you ever. It, Pokemon is an easy game to get back into and drop 30 bucks, 40 bucks on get a, a meta deck. deck later. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, honestly, and I think after this set, there's going to be a few more pretty cheap decks to make um, that, you know, if you ever did decide, oh, you know what? I think I, I might want to play Pokemon again. Uh, you know, standard Pokemon. It's as far, I've I've realized that compared to Lorcana and even worse compared to something like uh, um, One Piece or uh, from what I hear, Flesh and Blood, uh, oh, Pokemon and blood is the cheapest uh, entry because they have so, so they many, made it accessible. Yeah. They have they have so many different rarity versions of the cards that the ones that the fancy full arts are like actually the same price as the non shiny, you know, meta cards and uh, and chase cards and other games, you know, well, to be fair. I think Lorcana was trying to do the same thing. I think its idea was right. Like you will make the cards easily accessible if you want to play and you want to play competitively. It won't be an expensive game, but if you want to bling out your deck with like enchanted versions and stuff, it's going to be expensive. And then just like the demand versus distribution issue made it impossible to get their cards for a long time. Yeah. And made them really expensive. I, I don't think that was their original intention. No, but I mean, the, re the but the other thing you have to remember too, is that like Pokemon has, so, and I don't want to belabor the point, but like Charizard X, one of the strongest decks 
the strongest Pokemon in format, and it's a Charizard, which means everybody instantly thinks that they're going to be able to sell it in 30 years, which they won't. But you still have stupid collectors that think that, right? Um, and so the the standard, not alternate art version of Charizard EX is still hanging out around 10 bucks, And that's like down, right? Yeah, not, um, not expensive. Right. That's like down from what it was. 10 bucks a pop and you need three of them. Okay, well, the reason it's fallen that low at this point, and that's still not low for a Pokemon card, it's just low for what compared to what it was. The reason it's fallen that low is because they have since added two new two other ways to get your hands on promo versions of Charizard EX. So you can buy like the straight up box that has them in it. Yep. You can buy and get packs too and some other car, you know, and is it is it efficient from a, a, the buyer perspective? If all you need is Charizard, just spend 30 bucks and get three copies of them online. But uh, if you want the experience, if you want to get some other cards, you want to get some packs, or frankly, just by adding more Charizards of any type to the environment, you drive the prices down of all of them. Lorcana has no promo anythings. I mean, Pokemon, listen, mm. I'm not blaming them for that. They're new to it. Pokemon's been around for how long? They've got it down to a science. I'm just saying, like, you, it's a little silly that you have some staple legendaries for Lorcana uh, that are ch- chilling at 50 bucks a, a piece. I only yeah. own two of the Sad Beast, right? Um, and every steel deck from here to Kingdom Come wants to be running four. Mm. Um, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they'll get it eventually. They'll like eventually, get there. They'll, they'll get enough printed in circulation that'll be easy to get. Pokemon does a really good job of like making their competitive scene accessible to everybody mm-hmm. and then and then really driving home this concept of collecting. And yeah, it's like one of the only card games in existence that like collecting feels like is actually more the game than the game in some cases. Mm-hmm. And that allows them to drive the prices down for people who yeah. want to actually play the game competitively, which is one of the things I think Lorcana once again has the ability to do because of Disney and the fanaticism around Disney for collecting like yeah. over time, they could keep with alt arts, promo cards, all that stuff like they could get it to the point where like the main bulk of how they're selling their product is people who are collecting the cards Mm -hmm. and then they're able to drive the price down by printing pre-made competitive decks and promo cards that allow you to get access to competitive cards and i think that i think that star wars unlimited has that same ability and is of that same yoke like they're of that same feeling right where they're saying like hey if you want to collect the shiny full art version of every hero you're gonna have to buy like crazy and search for it that's gonna like the collector in you might if you want to collect all the star wars cards your star wars fanatic might drive you to buy tons of this and this allows us to put the heroes in every single pack and put more cards in every pack than the average card game and allows us to drive the price of all of the other cards down so it allows you to get into the game theoretically competitively if they print enough of it I still think that if Lorcana had printed enough stuff in the beginning and there wasn't this supply and demand issue that right now it would not be expensive to get into Lorcana. I think that people would buy it up, but if they had enough that it 
it just like kept the supply out there. Yeah. I think that the price of singles, you could put a deck together pretty inexpensively because, and I, it, it would also help if they had like more alt arts of like some of the more mundane cards and maybe not just the really expensive ones. Um, yeah. They also kind of butchered the, um, in my opinion, like the way that they uh, applied rarities to things. I think, one of the best ways and the most player friendly ways to do it is to take is to not put the highest rarity on a general non-synergistic good stuff card but instead Mm -hmm. attach the legendary tag to things that are built around cards and so you're not missing out if you don't get the alice growing girl because if you want to play her you're basically building a deck around her and that's and that's not entirely true for her for the longest time, that's what everybody kind of assumed, right? Oh, you have to play her. like So she's not a staple by any means. You have to play with her in mind. Um, And, you know, so she's a great example of a good legendary. Rapunzel being a card draw engine that can be used in any deck, uh, that being a legendary is the the injustice because everyone needs to to have those if they want to play a top-tier amber deck. And mm. they cost like 30 bucks a piece. Same with Sad Beast, almost $50 a piece. Um, and I just watched the price on a uh, a whole new world double in the last week because some cards got previewed um, that will go really well with that card, which was already a good card and was hanging out at like eight or nine bucks and now is like, 17 18 bucks just Hmm. because of speculation on what's going to be good um so it's it's a little bit Mm -hmm. disappointing that like what they really do need to do is start sending out promos of super rares and legendaries whether they package it up in a thing in a special 10 with a bunch of other packs or whatever or or you know like you mentioned pokemon does these great uh champions league or uh league battle decks right yeah those things are great those things are great they basically take you three quarters of the way to a meta list right um so yeah for like 30 bucks for like 30 bucks i would love to see them do that and even if they decide they want to make different artworks for these so that like the collectors don't who paid 40 dollars for the beast don't feel like screwed over I'm fine with that. I'm fine with putting a promo stamp on it so that everyone knows, oh, well, it's not the real thing. It's a promo. Fine. Sure, I don't care. I need to be able to play. Yeah. I need to be able to play them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I think this is a 30 minute post show. Yeah, which is literally just the two of us rambling about card games and talking about things. But I mean, it was that's fun. really the main show, too. <laughs> really the main show. This is yeah, this, this was is the show. This is what the like listeners signed show. up for. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening and hopefully you didn't get too bored in our post show. Uh, we had a great time with it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, you know, once again, come back and listen to the next episode. We'll give some final thoughts next week and uh, move on to a new game the week after that. That's going to do it. Peace.